out the corner of my eye, I saw a pretty little thing approaching me. She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone. Could you use a little Hour two of the Tuesday crew here on WRSU. Got a full house tonight. Chris Akonis, Amir Lighty, Jared Bladice, Alex Carmenai, Nick Valsalen, and Derek Fleming sitting in shadowing for the second night in a row. That's commitment right there. Now, that show I know. It's a good show, Full House. Alex, we're done with your music. <laughs> I also wasn't referring to the show. I just no, I know. Full, Full House is actually a great show. I won't it, it, it is a good show. show. I, I love that show. But Friends is better. All right. All right. Bye, Friends Alex. is overrated. Right. Let's, let's get into the segment. Friends is very good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But we have some pretty big news in the NFL that broke last night. Uh, Raiders head coach, or now former head coach, John Gruden, uh, left the team. Uh, he's no longer the head coach of the Raiders. After a uh, a long list of offensive emails, um, racist, sexist, homophobic, you name it. Good riddance. It, yes, it, it was really nasty, really nasty stuff from him. And, you know, he was he was basically forced out. I mean, if he didn't resign, he would have been fired. So um, wh- however you want to describe it, he's gone. Um, so I guess the first thing I want to say is, you know, you know, what does it say about, you know, the, f- the fact that he was able to get away with that for so long and you know where does this leave the Raiders as a team it leaves know. them depleted it leaves uh, them I don't know about that look depleted in a way that morale wise at least for now they're depleted they're, they're I think the morale would have been worse if he stayed well for sure that's true I think the morale the, when the season started they had that first uh, primetime game in uh, Las Vegas yeah the morale was high they were all loving oh, it. Oh, sure. They were Vegas, the Raiders. They were loving it, bro. They were loving John Gruden in that moment. So, yeah, I think the, the morale is very low now. I mean, it was a lose-lose for them now at this point. Now the team has to try to get it together on their own, and I think they can. Uh, I think they have a good roster. But, I mean, overall, John, to answer your, your first question, how did somebody like John Gruden get away with it for so long? I guess the answer is that people are really good at making, you know, being – you know, putting on a good game face and keeping some of their uh, thoughts and things like you they know, know under how the radar. to fake it till they break. Yeah, they know how to fake it till they make it. The major rule here is, and this is for everybody, man. Social media, work chats. If you're on work Skype, you got a Slack channel that you share with your uh, teammates. Group me. We all in the group me together. Don't be talking crazy in the work uh, communications, man. That's just a that's just a that's a bad move. I, I don't know if he'll ever recover. I mean, he he got he stole enough money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ten years for a hundred mils. He's not really that good of a coach. I'm okay, say that's that. what I said. I'm gonna go out and say that. He's I don't not. think he's that good of a he's coach. Not. I think Mike Mayock is a better drafter than he is a coach. Mayock's a great drafter. He's yeah. a great talent evaluator, yeah. but I think Gruden's overrated as a coach because the one coach, the one championship he did win, it wasn't. It was a Tony Dungy's team. He kind of just inherited the championship team, and then after that, he's been pretty much what probably his career record's probably below 500. Besides that season, but can I be? Can I get really serious for a second though? In yeah. all in all seriousness, the NFL it makes me mad that because if you really look at it, the NFL you know if I feel like if the emails that only came out about the racist of him saying things about black people and everything only came out, it would have just been a suspension. I'm sorry, it won't happen again. Yep, this happened. But then it came out that he said stuff about LGBTQ and those harsh words, and that made him resign. 
that just doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with me because just because, and no disrespect, everyone loves love. Please remember that. LGBTQ, please support, always support them. But just because that came out and that, you know, he saw those harsh words. You saw what he said about the emails. He saw what he, and, 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 and what's crazy too is that he has an openly gay player on his team. First in history. First in history. Openly, well, I mean, unless we talk about Michael Sam. Well, the difference, I think, is because he made um, Carl Nassib is on an active, active NFL roster, roster, whereas Michael, Michael Sam, okay, Sam didn't, didn't make it out of the roster. preseason. Okay. Yeah. So, what gets me mad is just that you, those, because of those words were, were, were talked about, those words were said, that made him resign. Because automatically, I felt like as soon as that racist comments came out, he should have resigned that day. But then they dig, they dig deeper down, and then they found those harsh words about the LGBTQ people and everything. I don't and, know if it was just the, those particular comments. From what I, from my understanding of the emails, there was a little deep list. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah right. Very offensive, and he offended people within the league office. Right, league office. He offended you know, pretty much any and everybody that wasn't in the conversation that he was having. Adam Schefter right. said he made a clean sweep. He made it. Yeah, yeah, right. And he he made uh, 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 Fisher. Uh, uh, Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher of the Rams. Yeah, this is a guy. This is a guy who not only criticized uh, Michael Sam and called him a really bad name that we can't. First of all, we we, we can't say any of the stuff we, really, we said here. We really no, can't. Yeah. We can't say a not darn thing. Not at all. But um, when it comes to just just this as a whole, it's so it's so it's so horrible. Of course, but the thing that gets me, this has been happening. Not just one year or two years. This has been happening since 2011. That's a decade. Yeah. What? How do? How do you just find it now? The New York Times leaked this. They found out about this, and this is what caused this whole situation to happen right now. And not just that he's been doing it since 2011, but he's been emailing a former executive of a different NFL team, the Washington Football Team's Bruce uh, Allen. Bruce Allen. Yeah. yeah. He he was an executive of the Washington Football Team. Until like 2018 or teen or some time like that. So the point point number one is that that he's saying this just in general as a former coach. At the time, I think he was with with ESPN in 2011. He, and that gets swept under the rug. Like ESPN yeah. covers him like he's in the third person. Yeah. Like he wasn't on their payroll all that time. Like ESPN. He's been. Like with, what's up with that? He they was got with, to disassociate from because he was the face of Monday. But night. no, but you yeah. have to acknowledge it when you're reporting it, though. No, of course. No, Obviously, I, they want to sever all like association oh, with him. They're course. not going to hire him back in the booth. I mean, why would you hire anyone back He's in the booth? He's not going to get hired in general cast, again. But, um, Yeah, yeah. Well, no, nor should he. I mean, he's not going to be... I, I don't know what he's going to be doing after this. He's not going to be doing anything in football. He's not going to do mean, anything in a public figure. I mean, he's fine now with his millions of dollars. Yeah, no, but I'm saying he's not going to be working anywhere. No, he's definitely not working. Well, that's the other thing. Is he going to get the rest of that money? Is he guaranteed? I don't think he's... No, 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 no. I believe the whole contract is guaranteed. No way. 100 mil for 10 years. I don't think they fired him for being a bad coach, they would probably guaranteed. But they can... I mean, look, I am nowhere near smart enough to go to law school. Yeah, I don't know about laws and all that. I think there must be some sort of clause where, like, yeah, an ethics clause, morality, where says you know for cause you're out um you know it's the same thing with like if you have a buyout for a college football coach um somehow Rutgers was not able to fire Chris Ash for cause but that's another uh, <laughs> um but yeah I mean and I think the Raiders are probably either if they haven't figured it out already they're trying to figure out you know how much of this salary can we get out of paying no you you guys are right my, my apologies he actually won't get it so 
I'm All reading right. something from SportingNews.com about it. He would have had six years and sixty million dollars remaining on his contract following this uh, 2021 season. He's going to miss out on 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 that much of his record-breaking deal that he signed uh, back in 2018. Think about that. You know, yeah, but he's still sitting on forty, so it's fine for no, him. No, no, no. Of course, but, but it's just I just like you said before. I think it's crazy that it's been going on since two thousand and eleven. Him saying these offensive words about everyone. Can and, we? And you just gonna found out now. Well, it wasn't that he got found out. Well, he got found out now by the public. But if he's saying that in emails, what do you think working yeah, with well, him yeah, was work, like at ESPN? That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. what? Good point. You, but yeah. like. As soon as he got these emails, or the person, whoever he's emailing, you can't leak that right away and said, "This is John wrong. Gruden just said this about me. He just said this about this player. He just said this offensive word on this email. Here's the proof. Send it to the NFL right away. Can well, we just he, keep he's it? He's emailing them that stuff. They were obviously friends. So that means also whoever was on the tail end yeah. of that email, I yeah. think it was an executive in a Washington football team. Yep. Okay, well, we should and, be looking at him well, too. Well, they're yeah. being investigated. That's how it got found out. Yeah, they're getting was, investigated. They're getting investigated for all sorts of things, which mm, you know, yeah. which ultimately could end up being a lot worse than well, what happened was. So one of the Washington Bureau reporters today says that the NFL does not intend to publicly release any written materials related to the investigation to the Washington football team. So basically. This 11-month investigation into the Washington football team ultimately just led to John Gruden's emails. That's unfortunate. See, the well, thing that's, that's but dumb that's about crazy. it to me is if you're going to say stuff like that, like why would you say it? Like That's like why would you go like on the official Washington email yeah. address? I mean, like, they weren't why? even looking. Like, they weren't even looking for this. This is just I'm That's what Washington I'm saying. Fan. They weren't even looking just, for this. They just found it. They weren't. Mm. They, like you said, they yeah, just they found just it. found it. That is ridiculous that they just found it. Was they, just because they were getting investigated, yeah, this should have been found right when that email was sent. It's yeah. just crazy how the NFL works and how everything works. We don't know what could also be happening with think, all these other coaches also, and everything. Let's also keep in play. And again, I'm I, I'm not downgrading when I say this, but times were different back in 2011 than they are right now. Yeah, things have completely yeah. changed in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, and, we and, definitely and got more sense. And that's crazy to say, but. It's true, and really, ever since the uh, the George Floyd death and and, and the rise of, of the of the Black Lives Matter movement during the COVID pandemic, that's where the NFL really took a uh, took a stand on these issues of social justice and racism. They appeared to take a stand. That, they on it. they only did that because most of the league players are black. No, of course. So they said, if you guys do not want to, just like how in the NBA twenty twenty, they mm. didn't the the uh, who uh, who didn't play in that playoff game. In in the in the 2020 in the court in the bubble, remember they didn't Avery play. Avery Bradley was it Avery, Avery Bradley. Bradley yeah. Remember they did not play a playoff game because they said the NBA was not doing enough to show that they support the Black Lives the Matter justice, movement right. and social justice movement. So the reason why the NFL started doing that is so they didn't have that problem that the NBA. That's had. fair. I see what you're saying, but again, the point I'm trying to make is that they've again times have changed so much that this again. In a way, they kind of felt compelled to do this, but it's also, look, th this is how far the league has gone. This is how far society has gone compared to 2011, the way it was back then to where, to where it is right now. And also, mind you, this was the same league that publicly supported Carl Nassib's coming out back in June. So... When 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 you connect all those pieces together, where you know the NFL really took a stand on social justice issues, they took a stand on the you know LGBTQ community, especially with Carl Nassib's coming out. 
they really they had to do this, of course. John Gruden had to be put in this box for what he's been doing for 10-plus years, even possibly longer. So when you look at all this combined, this was set up the way it is, and the reason why it's happening now compared to 10 years ago is because of the, the difference in time. The right. point, right, and and again, that's, that, that's what we should really focus on, and that's what we should really think of when it comes to the question of why wasn't something done, done then and why something is happening now. It's all on societal change, and now society has big time, has dramatically changed from where it was back in 2011 to now where it is in 2021. But the fact, it's not just about football players, it's not just about Roger Goodell. This is a guy who went after former President Barack Obama, he went after current president Joe Biden. So it wasn't even just sports-wise, it was also politics too. So he really intertwined not just in in the sports world, whether it's Michael Sam, whether it's Roger Goodell, whether it's some some other players he mentioned. He he even mentioned uh a uh, African-American media reporter. I'm not, I don't remember who it exact, exactly, but he said some really horrible things. Again, I can't I can't n- n- I, we, we can't say anything to begin no, with. No, we can't. But what he said about this reporter was just beyond disgusting. So it's not just sports athletes. It's also sport uh, media analysts. It's also politicians. It's just people. People, people, people in general. Big he, he was being, people he was being a jerk to people. And I, I think, you know, to get back to your point about, you know, they come out publicly in support of Carl Nassim. They come out publicly in support of Black Lives Matter. How much of that is they've actually changed the culture or how much of this is, you know, one, you know, as, as Amir mentioned, most of the players are black, but also – they're looking at it from a public relations sure. standpoint. Absolutely. Do you know how bad it would be for the NFL's image if they were perceived to be an anti-gay organization in 2021? Oh, no, sure. yeah, but okay, but also too, but real quick, the people that John Gruden sent these emails to are still working for yes. the league. Right. That sounds so, so what is so what is really so what is no, really not? happening? Oh, it's a bigger problem. Okay. Yeah. It's obviously Bruce much deeper than the culture. Used to work for the yeah, no, he's, he's yeah. gone. No, yeah, but yeah, there yeah. are other people that are. No, but there's are. other right. people still yeah. in the little, no, right. you know, you're obviously right. we don't know those those names, no, but sure, they're still right. in the NFL working for them. They're still getting these emails. Right. A lot of people got these emails and just let it, probably just threw it out, deleted it so there was not shown or nothing. But they're still in the NFL working for them right now. So what does it look like for the NFL right now that they are they are su- uh, supporting an anti you know gay and well, anti they can't support it but until it becomes public information. Now, a lot of this stuff is probably going on behind closed doors. Like you said, there's not there's, somebody was receiving these emails. It goes on. It goes multiple ways. It's much deep rooted culture. But then the day when it became public information, then. These yeah, companies, these organizations, right. then they have to make a decision because they have to save face. Right. That's all that matters. That's the only reason that this happened. Right. And because it, it became public information. If it wasn't public information, it was just private, then we've seen several times, several organizations on every level, college, pro, whatever, they're going to cover. They cover it, yeah. CYA, as they say. Just like Urban Meyer. Just like, um, you know, the uh, Michigan State situation. You know? Yeah. A lot of people knew about that, but they didn't say nothing. Shoot, Sandusky. So until it comes oh, out that's in public information. Once it's public information, these organizations have maybe 24, 48 hours to make a decision because the backlash that comes, it but comes Honestly, quick. not right. even that because now, you know, if this happened in 2005, you know, the internet was starting to be a thing, but, like, the news cycle moved slower. Now, Adam Schefter tweets something, and in three minutes, it's 
common knowledge. Right, right. Sure. So and they've got to react instantly. It was crazy how quickly that happened. And I thought it was very fitting, though, because it was right at halftime, right? And then, boom, Monday Night Football. This used to be Gruden stage, Monday yeah. Night Football. He gets a public... Uh, basically a funeral on on uh, right at the halftime show. Right. Adam Schefter dropped all the tea. I thought it was very fitting, actually. Uh, very Monday night for the Gruden. Uh, but for news. the Gruden grinders. But you know, but but <laughs> but you know what? You know what? I honestly, and I'm so serious. I promise you, if Mike Davis did not come in there, I'm Mike Davis. Mark Davis did not come in there. I promise you, Gruden was not resigning. You're probably right. I promise you Gruden was not resigning. Gruden was going to say his apology. I'm sorry I said this a while back ago. Won't happen again. He's going to continue. No. Mark Davis is the one that said you have to resign. You're the one that has to resign. I'm telling you this now. You are not no longer going to be with the Raiders. And going forward, we're not going to support you. I promise you if Mark Davis did not say that, John Gruden will still would still be the head coach of the Raiders right now. No, you're right. I wouldn't even let him resign. I would have just fired him. Right. Well, well the yeah. whole resignation versus fire. I mean, it's just semantics. No, it is. But, but it, still, if you think about it, though, do you think they would have had the gall to actually fire John Gruden? Yes. That's the yeah. question. Yes. Heck yeah. Yes. If he didn't yeah. resign, so? I yeah, was yeah. getting fired. I think re- resignation was like, okay, look, man, we're going to yeah, give like, you some respect. Just walk away with your head yeah. held high, and we'll say that you resigned. If I'm, I'm saying if Mark Davis, like – Supported John Gruden like that, like was backed him whatever whatever he needed like, like uh like Kraft does with Billichek, he would still be the head coach. Hmm. But I'm just saying, thankfully Mark Davis has a brain and said, listen, you probably have Not two just options. a brain, a heart, a heart, yes, a heart. You have two options. You're gonna resign with an apology letter, or you're being fired, and then and you're gonna be a, a, the talk of the town, and everyone's gonna see you as a racist. Uh, anti some you know LGBTQ person. Yeah, the resignation. I feel like I don't think he's gonna get a job again. Maybe not in NFL. No way. No way. Maybe 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 somewhere a couple years from now he could maybe no. get another job. No, 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 he's no, cooked. No, no, no. He's cooked. He's the, way, the, the way the way the way even in like the deep south. No, 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 no. The way society. No, the way society is is Gen Z is now. If you ever hear John Gruden has another job. In the end, no, uh, the college, NFL level, crazy. even high school level, be crazy. I promise you that whatever team hires them, hires him, is becoming no, the most Nick. racist I, I or whatever you, team ever. People, people got short, 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 short memories when Nick. it comes to this cancel culture thing, man. Nick, Nick. No, yeah, of course, yeah. It's not, course. it's not 2011. It's 2021, and it's 2021 for a reason. And society, like I mentioned several minutes ago, has changed dramatically dramatically from where it was 10 years ago even really five years ago it's it's really insane how 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 society has changed and as a whole i mean it's just it 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 really is crazy and when you look at just this whole horrible situation no there is no way john gruden's getting another job ever to be honest with you in in football he is done he's done completely you're never going to hear his name again i think I, I really believe that. But, and to even further the point, the Buccaneers just removed them from, 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 from the ring of honor. So, well, they had to. Well, yeah, every team is no, going to no, start to follow suit. Of course, they're going to follow suit. But that point just just sums up the end of John Gruden. And really, just Nick, Nick, there is no way. If he's getting, you know, t- 
tossed away like this, if he's being removed from Ring of Honors, if if he's being really tossed out the window completely and pretty much being canceled, no, he's done. He's done completely. Well, Der I hope so, man. Derek, I mean Derek, we actually haven't heard from you. Curious about your thoughts about this whole situation. We've been talking and ranting for a while. You've been kind of yeah, quiet my, here on the sides. <laughs> I, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, um, I uh, when I saw that, you know, when I first saw that it broke news, I think it was only a matter of time. I felt like everybody knew that, whether you saw it on Twitter or whatever it was, you knew that he was going to either resign or get fired. I was actually surprised that Mark Davis let him resign because right. – you knew that Mark Davis, if you're given a coach 10 years, $100 million, obviously you want them to be your head coach. Like, you love them. Al Davis, like John Gruden, for God's sakes, he beat him in the Super Bowl. Of uh -huh. course, he's going to want to get them uh, him there. So He's also John Gruden, and he's the face of your franchise at that point. Exactly. He's the face. He, he, he is the Raiders. Exactly. If you're giving somebody 10, million year, 10 mil a year to coach, I... Besides the point of the contract being uh, mind-blowing, uh, the emails themselves were also mind-blowing, especially, you know, when you're around uh, people like that. It was also surprising that ESPN didn't mention anything because they were talking about it at halftime the whole entire time. They were talking about John Gruden leaving and how, you know, it's crazy that his uh, reign of being uh, in the in the football world comes to an end on Monday Night Football, something that he was so well-known for, and they didn't really mention that, hey, you know, that Monday Night Football was, that was us. That was our Monday Night Football crew, and we were the ones that employed John Gruden for God knows how long. So, um, I mean, yeah, I guess good riddance to John, John Gruden. I, I actually liked him a lot when he was on Monday Night Football. But when he was... Again, before the whole this whole thing, before you really knew, before the we type knew about, about who he really was. Well, he yeah. seemed like he had a lot of personality. We could see a lot of the personality. He was, you know, he was obviously, he obviously had a lot of personality. Sure. The emails, we could see that. Oh, who doesn't? Who did not love the Gruden Grinder segment? It was a good time. They're Gruden Grinders. Man, well, he really fooled people, though. You, man, you, you, you grinded yourself into your own dirt. But he really fooled people, man. He's really a hustler in the sense that uh, he wasn't a good football coach. I'm going to keep saying that. He wasn't I, a football yo, coach. Yo, I keep saying this, And then he went too. on the air. It's, that's like the new way. If you're not a good coach, become you a You go to analysts. Go to analyze yeah. and go to go com, you know, commentate. Mm -hmm. Go to ESPN. Because then people are going to start thinking that you're an expert again. Yeah. Because yeah, he never was that good of a People going to think you're the expert. It's like, oh, wait. Didn't John Gruden win a Super Bowl this year, this time with this team? Yeah, and them, we need it. You know what? Them we need quarterback we, camps we, for entertaining those, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those quarterback, yeah, they were good. And then it's like, you know what? We need that exposure. We need more people to, to start liking us. So, you know what? Let's hire him. Yeah, that or when he was on Hard Knocks. I mean, he was, yeah, no, not hard only was knocks, he entertaining on I'm Hard Knocks. I'm telling you, Hard Knocks and them quarterback and those quarterback the segments were great. It was I loved them. It was almost like Antonio Brown was his son with how much he cared for him and how much he wanted it. So yeah. it, it was really surprising that, of all people, it was John Gruden, just because he always seemed like, you know. And one thing I say about Gruden, though, he did give a lot of guys second chances. You know? Like Look at Darren uh, Waller. Richie Incognito was a guy that was like, yeah. people, people, people were saying he was like a menace, you know? And he was a team captain for the Raiders, I believe, last season. So. Yeah. No, he definitely did. And especially, like you said, Darren Waller, too, what he went through. Yeah, yeah, he was about to fall out of the league. He's yeah, a fully. And, that, and there's something to be said for that. I think, uh, like y'all said about Gruden, he probably never gets gets his shot again. 
But um, he did give a lot of people shots. So in that sense, no, um, and, I do and, respect that about him. Yeah, and I give him that. I respect that. I'll definitely give you thank you for giving people shots. You know, everyone deserves a second shot, in my opinion. I feel like, you know, you mess up once. You know, I think you definitely deserve that second shot to be able to prove yourself and what you can do to improve your own self. He's not going to get that, But once you hit the racism and all that stuff that Gen Z and cancel culture will get you on, you're finished. You're cooked. There's a thin line, and he completely snapped it. He completely snapped the well, line. I mean, the line basically, you know, it's so far out of the out of the rearview mirror. Like it wasn't even like it wasn't even like borderline what he said. No, it was horrible. Yeah, there was and no. It's absolutely horrible. Yeah, and it no wasn't even like, and you know, you could say, well, even one comment is, is too much, and I agree with that. But it wasn't even like he he said, oh, I did it once, and then you know, I he he would say, oh, I learned from it and all that. Mm-hmm. It, it was just such a pattern that you really couldn't ignore it. So yeah, exactly. Let when, me ask this happens, question. You only got a certain right. amount of time to react. Yes. Let and me ask this question. No fixing it. Yep. Let me ask this question to everybody here on the uh, the panel here, and this is not just for the NFL, but really in life as a whole. What can we take away from such a situation? How can we really prevent this once more? And how can we turn the cables and turn the switches and making sure something like this truly never happens again? What do we have to do, not just as, you know, again, either a football coach or an analyst or whatever, as a person who lives in the world? How do we change this? How do we get rid of all this horrible, racist, sexist, homophobic, all these things? How do we turn this culture around? How do we truly counter this? That's a deep question. I don't know how we end the homophobic, racist culture because it's so deep-rooted and people do what they're going to do behind closed doors. But the way you don't get fired and have to resign from your job is you don't have those communications in a work forum. In that's, a work forum public. Like, that's, that's that's the major lesson. Sure. The dumbest thing I've ever seen. Regardless like, of how you feel about anybody, that's the major lesson. Fully. That, that should be learned. Like you, you really you really can't honestly it's it's sad, but like right now you really can't stop from those homophobic racism Absolutely. comments that happen right now. Right. It's sad to say, like, we can't just be like, listen, this is how we're gonna stop. Look at look at soccer. I and I love soccer. You guys know that. We go on a knee every time a game starts. Boom. What is that showing? I get it. That's showing, you know, you 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 you're 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 showing your passion for it, you know, and you a uh, Champions League game, you have the badge on the side of the shirt that says say, say say no to racism. That doesn't do anything. You already have had many even uh this year uh, I forgot who it was. England pl- played a country. I forgot what t- country it was, but they uh, did racist remarks. I think it was Hungary. Hungary had racist remarks versus Raheem Sterling. They had this pause the game. Actually, no, they didn't even pause the game. They found out later, and then they banned they banned Hungary to having crowds for the next two games. But that's it. What is that going to do? I think I think you raised a good point. The problem is, you know. The, the symbolic gestures and they're they they they're not meaningless. They mean something. It shows that the players are willing to you know make. Of a course, statement. of course, no. It's definitely, but the problem is when you see it happen before every game. Like it gets to the point where like you know they've been taking the knee for over a year now, going back to when they were they restarted the Premier League with no fans. Like at some point, it just sort of becomes like oh, just another like thing you're just to do doing before it. kickoff, and it kind of loses its meaning. And that's not the players' fault. It's just you know naturally we it it, it catches your attention the first couple times, and sure. then. It just sort of fades into the into the background. Becomes so, habit. The, the real the real issue is, you know, athletes have a platform to advocate for change and they should use it. But at the end of the day, like it's on society too to be willing to make those changes. 
The athletes can raise awareness. They can advocate. They can protest. They can do all that stuff, and that's important. They can and should do that. But ultimately, if the rest of society doesn't, you know, buy in, and I think American society in this respect is a lot better than, say, you know, like, like Amir was talking about, like Hungary or those kinds of countries where they're way back from compared to where the United States is. Um, you know, if if that, if that society is not willing to make those changes, you know, there's only so much the athletes can do. So very well said. Very that's, well said. That's how I would say that. But um, we're actually going to take a short break. We've got some uh, breaking news out of the uh, Kyrie Irving situation. So we'll get to that when we come back. Uh, we're on until eight. This is the Tuesday Crew on WRSU FM, New Brunswick. I don't know if you can name that album, Alex, but it's pretty good uh, music to come back from. All I know is that it says, Impression That I Get. Okay. Um, all right. In that case- It's uh, a jazzy tune, though. Uh, as you'd come to expect from the Rutgers marching band. But in any case, we are back here on the Tuesday crew, and um, we've got a new report from The Athletic. Is that correct, Jared? Yeah, um, right. On the Kyrie Irving situation that we touched on in the opening segment. So, Jared, what do you got for us? Yeah, so I was looking through Twitter, and I saw on Nets Daily, big Nets Twitter account, very reliable. The Athletic's also reliable. Multiple sources with direct knowledge of Irving's decision have told The Athletic that Irving is not anti-vaccine and that his stance is that he is upset that people are losing their jobs due to vaccine mandates. It's a stance that Irving has explained to close teammates. To him, this is about a grander fight than the one on the court, and Irving is challenging a perceived control of society and people's livelihood. According to sources with knowledge of Irving's mindset, it is a decision that he believes he is capable to make given his current life dynamics. Kyrie wants to be a voice for the voiceless, one source said. So it's basically Kyrie's... Not playing, not because he's not anti-vax, just because that he thinks he has to be the hero that society needs. I I like that. I actually. couldn't agree more with Kyrie Irving on this statement. Look, again, people shouldn't be forced to lose their jobs or have their livelihoods ruined or anything like that. I've been I've been saying that for a while. I've been trying to say that for a while. As a whole, again, people shouldn't be judged or shamed or attacked or shouldn't be destroyed because they don't want to take the COVID vaccine. That's where you have divisiveness, and it's bad enough society is so divisive to begin with. Why make it even more decisive over this COVID vaccine? And look, again, whether you want to say it's a team thing, why he's not taking it, whether he's being selfish because of the team or whatever it is, Kyrie Irving at the end of the day has the ability to choose what he wants to do with his body. He has the right to choose what he wants to do with his health. So whether it's government, whether it's a law, whatever it is, at the end of the day, it infringes his right to be the person he is. It infringes his right to play basketball. It infringes his his right uh, to actually have a livelihood. Not just him, but also the many other people who have re- re- refused the COVID-19 vaccine. They're going through similar things like Kyrie Irving right now. But here's the thing. Some other people might have... Like, Kyrie doesn't have a good reason for refusing the vaccine. He could... He's fine with taking it, it seems like. He's just not taking it because he wants to be the the quote-unquote hero, which is he's taking the stance. I personally— I wouldn't think, say I that. I think this is slightly a selfish—this is selfish. Like, Nets Daily tweeted, they responded to that from The Athletic, and they said it appears Kyrie's strategy is to paint himself as a hero. He's not anti-vax. He's anti-control. See, the I, thing I, about I, that statement is very contradictory because the fact that he wants to make a statement of this stature and the whole premise is— 
it's more or less it is anti-vax in the in the class in the classification of how it people might be anti-vax, but it's principle. It's 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 no, not I agree just, with them. But it's not just a a bad reason or, or it's it it's really not a selfish reason. What he's trying to do here is relate his situation to many other people's situation right now. Those who are unvaccinated, those who are not willing to get vaccinated for whatever reason that they personally believe, they personally don't want the vaccine. That is their right as a person. Correct. Okay, so, but I'm talking about Kyrie as a person. Why does this have to be him? Well, you know what? Something about him. I mean, he, I think he's he's willing to be a martyr. I think that's the perfect word. He's looking to be a martyr for this situation, and now signs point towards retirement. He also, again, and and also personally, he 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 might not feel comfortable with the vaccine personally. He might. Well, not he want said the he's, not he's not anti-vaccine, so that that's not the case. But he's still not getting the vaccine, so in that sense, he is still against it. But uh, but here's the issue though. Like if it's one thing to say I don't want to put that in my body and I'm willing to, you know, request a trade or retire or whatever. It's another thing to say, you know, I don't like that it's being mandated even though I'm myself I'm not and I I myself am not anti-vaccine, which I don't I'm not sure if I completely understand that because the mandates only started coming in the last couple months. He could have gotten vaccinated in April. So if that's the case, then you know, why didn't he get it then? I think it comes down to maybe he doesn't have anything against the vaccine. And I shared this. I don't have anything against the vaccine either. But at the end of the day, he made a decision. He was like, hey, look, I'm not against the vaccine, but this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, so, but then but couldn't you not also then make the argument to, to say it. he could voice that opinion? You know, because he has, especially if he's playing, you know, he has, he has a tremendous platform oh, to sure. speak out on whatever he believes in. Would it, if he's not against getting it himself, he doesn't have a problem with getting the vaccine himself, and he believes the science, whatever. Um, why not get the vaccine? You're fully eligible for your team. That whole thing goes away, and then you can, you know, find a way to make a statement about it before a game, during a game, after a game, however you, he wants to do it. That way, one, you get to, you know, make your point and you know stand up for what you believe is right, which we all agree, you know, it's just right as an American to do that. Sure. But then also, if he himself is not against getting the vaccine, why not just get the vaccine and then also say, I got the vaccine, I had no problem getting the vaccine, but I don't believe that people should lose their jobs because they don't want to get I it. Think he I, think to- that, I think he would make his point a lot better, and I think more people would nah, respect it. I disagree. It. I no. think you can't – that statement's not nearly as loud when, you have, when you've gotten the vaccine. Hey, look, I don't want everyone controlling me, telling me people what to do, losing their jobs over this stuff, but I got the vaccine, but, you know – you should do whatever. I think it makes a much louder statement if multi-million dollar athlete who's getting millions of dollars a year to play basketball uh-huh. says, "Hey, look, I'm willing to walk away from all this because I don't." I, this, the principle is people shouldn't be losing their jobs. So right. basically, by him, more or less, he's going to be more or less losing his job or walking away from his job, which is a highly valued job. I think that makes a much louder statement than if he was to get vaccinated and say, "Hey, look, you know, everybody should make their own decision." Yada yada yada. Then. It's just lip service at that point. I think, I think, he, Chris, the 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 answer to your question or the rebuttal to your response is this: He wants to use his platform to prove a point, and he's using that platform to 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 prove a point to those who can't speak as loud as Kyrie Irving or can't make the point as much as Kyrie Irving. But I think so. But I think where we're where where this is sort of falling apart is: Does he have a bigger platform playing or not playing? I think he has a bigger platform playing because he's Kyrie Irving. I think he already has. He's a Kyrie Irving, but is he, he still going to be platform. Kyrie Irving if he retires? No, he'll be now a much more bigger martyr and legend. In That's a sense. true. He'll go That's down fair. as like 
I don't know if y'all are familiar with Mahmoud Abdul Raouf or uh, Chris Jackson was his name back when he played. No, I'm not. He's the dude that played back in the 90s. He played for the Denver Nuggets. If you look up his, uh, his highlight reels, man, he was like Steph Curry meets Steve Francis in terms of his game. Shooter, okay. dunker, okay. Uh, a lot of bounce. He plays in the big three. But he did basically a Colin Kaepernick uh, situation more or less at that time. He's, he's a Muslim. He didn't believe in doing the national anthem. He didn't want to do it, so he sat out and prayed instead. A couple games going by, whatever, and then he ends up getting more essentially blackballed from the league. But and that's wrong. So essentially, he's to many in that respect. He was just like Colin Kaepernick, so he has that legendary status. You guys didn't know him, so I'm glad I was able to drop that nugget today. But uh, if Kyrie retires from the game based off the vaccine, I think he puts him in a legendary status. He'll be remembered forever for that. I think. And also, you, Nick, you mentioned that, and you mentioned Kaepernick. It's sort of similar to Colin Kaepernick in a way. Colin Kaepernick's not known for being a football player. Colin Kaepernick is known for being that social justice activist who got the whole you know, social justice movement and, and, and the taking a knee and doing all that thing. He's the one who got that started in the NFL and in sports as a whole. Right. So Colin Kaepernick is known for that. But his Kyrie, sacrifice Ky- is Kyrie, much greater than his career. Kyrie Irving... Nick Nick brings up a brilliant point, and similar to Kyrie Irving is that he's sort of going down that same path with his vaccine thing. But again, Kyrie Irving as a person, and really anyone, should not be forced to take this thing. But Kyrie Irving using his platform and using himself as that sacrifice or as that martyr, like Nick is saying, for those who can't speak, those who can't relate, those who can't or don't have the same platform as big as Kyrie Irving. So the difference regarding that, again, it's I tell you, it's it's a really brilliant point. And as a whole, Kyrie Irving, again, he's also using this for more than just basketball, and that's for sure. It's really just a he is being principled. He's not being arrogant. He's not being selfish. He's not doing this just for himself or to make a pub- publicity stunt or do this or do that or say I'm, I'm, I'm Kyrie Irving with my huge platform or whatever. He's doing this with a purpose and for a reason. And the reason relates to his principles, his values, what he believes in, and why he feels like he shouldn't be forced to get vaccinated. That's what a lot of people, a lot of Americans are going through right now. Kyrie Irving is just the voice and the pretty much ultimate example of that for the Many, many Americans who can't speak it themselves. Here's, I just want to bring up one thing. So, like, say, like, two, three years down the line, the vaccine mandate's not required in the NBA anymore, and Kyrie just come back, comes back. Then what did he do? All these people who were standing up for don't have their jobs. They lost their jobs, and then Kyrie just has his job back. He created a conversation. He created a narrative. But, but, but if it doesn't do anything, what's the difference? I could, I don't know if you guys agree, but two, three years down the line, like, this mandate might not be a thing. I and disagree if, with that completely. I don't know. I disagree with that. Who knows? Like from the now. way, the way, look, COVID as a whole, say what you want about it. COVID, government has used COVID as such a power grab. They really have. It's been, no, they have. It's been absurd. It's been absurd how crazy COVID has related to a power grab in sports and government and politics. Well, I mean, they're trying to stop people from getting sick. Now, if you, don't, also, if you don't agree about the mandate, that's one thing. But they're like, also, trying to not get people no, no, sick. No, 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 no. They're also locking down people in their houses with... Where? With, where? In this country? Mean, where? For the whole last year, uh, for a good chunk we of We were not locked in our houses. We were we were, we on were locked in our houses with during quarantine. These restrictions with, uh, there are restrictions, but that's people, not the same being locked no, no, in your house. Pe- Australia, pe- they're getting locked in their people, house. That's different. People didn't lose their jobs. People didn't lose their careers during the COVID pandemic because of certain regulations or certain government moves that they couldn't overcome. So the government for 18 months has been telling people what, what, what to do with their lives. It's 
it's all about control. And at the end of the day, they're using COVID, they're using the vaccine at times also for control purposes. They're telling you what to do. They want you to do X, Y, Z. And if you don't comply with X, Y, Z, then these punishments will occur and these punishments will subsidize and really result into what your life will become. That's what's been happening for 18 months with COVID. I mean, I remember, you know, leaving New Brunswick in the middle of March and, you know, they were running out of hospital beds over at uh, the hospital on Easton. So, you know, I kind of, right. I, I, I don't think it was just a power grab. I think they're trying to keep people no, from getting sick. No. So I don't think that's a fair. No, 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 no. But by around maybe September of 2020, October, November, December, even 2021, the fact that, that, that we still have certain right. mandates and also vaccine mandates right now, 18 months later, and this is still such a controversial discussion and such a controversial, you know, government control, the fact that it's being put into the situation throughout the 18 months, it's it's more than just COVID. It's 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 about complete control. And we're seeing that through again, again, in the beginning for the first few months, Chris, I agree with that. It was necessary to lock things down to get this thing under control by the time. The fall of 2020 or the spring of 2021 came around. People understood what COVID was and people really should have had the ability to decipher what they want for themselves they can do whatever they want and also they 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 also have the right to take the risk of do i think i can do this or do that they potentially get other people sick uh they have the risk to live they they have the right to make the risk to live their life in whatever way they want you want to wear a mask social distance do all that stuff great good for you that's awesome i do agree with that but when, when it comes to subsidizing and controlling other people's livelihoods, preventing them from making a living, especially those who are poor, those who don't have any sort of income or any sort of, you know, uh, uh, sort of job status or really great economic status, you put them down the tubes as well and you prevent their economic opportunities with, 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 with these lockdowns and this complete control. I mean, I think it's, you know, if you don't want to agree with certain regulations i think you know the intention is mainly to just keep people from getting sick i don't think there's any sinister plot so we're gonna go to break here we'll come back we've got um wnba finals we're gonna talk about for a few minutes a couple big rutgers alums you know sort of making uh making their impacts uh so we'll get into that a little bit when we come back as we have the final 10 minutes rapid fire coming up next on the tuesday crew on wrsu fm new brunswick All right, final eight minutes or so here on the WRSU crew. Chris Sikonis along with Jared Bladice, Amir Lighty, Nick Valsalen, Alex Carminati, and Derek Fleming. A couple topics we want to get to. First, um, you know, a couple Rutgers alums and, you know, Rutgers women's basketball stars, um, you know, going at it in the WNBA finals. Uh, so you want to take that away. Yes, sir. Kia Vaughn, in her time at Rutgers, starting for our Scarlet Knights from 2005 to 2009, Vaughn graduated as the program's all-time leader in games played with 135 and was just the fourth player in Rutgers women's basketball history to compile more than 1,000 points and 1,000 rebounds in a career. Her squad was among last year's WNBA champions, Ephany Prince for the Seattle Storm and the recently inductee of the RU Hall of Fame, S.S. Carson. That team in particular faced Candace Ace Parker for the NCAA Women's Championship back in 2007 when the Knights fell to the late great Pat Summitt's Lady Vols. Contributing to this season's Chicago Sky, Candace Parker's team teams up with Rutgers alum standout star Kalea Cooper from the 2016 class. 
who's an all-around key contributor on both sides of the court. The Philly native averaged 14 points this season and and 20-plus on this year's playoff series. The marathon continues for C. Vivian Stringer, there's no doubt that this woman can produce champions. Games 2, Chicago Sky versus the Phoenix Mercury tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Chicago are up one nothing in the series. Well, I mean, I, I think... You know, we talked about, and you know, people always like to focus on, you know, look at all all the players that Shiano got to the NFL. But Sebastian Stringer, even before Shiano was getting players, not just to the WNBA, but in many cases, you know, having you know among the teams elite, among all stars, among USA Olympic basketball teams. You know, I, I think it just is a testament to her legacy as a coach that she's been able to develop players at such a high level. I mean, look, she's got Rutgers to two Final Fours in her time here. No, no other coach at Rutgers has done that. Nope. None. She's unbelievable. No, 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 the she... legacy, the legacy that that is Vivian Stringer is 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 deep, man. And anybody that's ever played, uh, I've you know I, I, we've been here for a number of years, man. I've had the pleasure of having some friends that played through the team, passed through the lineage that is, you know, playing for Stringer, and it's like really like a family. Uh, anybody, mm. even coaches, even players that have transferred and left, um, but Kalia Cooper, man, she's a dog. A dog, and I'll tell you that um, during my undergraduate, because I graduated undergrad originally in 2013, man, she used to actually go to Bush um, and actually play like and really kick grown men like you know badly. Uh, she would drag us on the court. She is something different, man, um, and she is the dog. And I think teaming up with Candace Parker, I mean, I love that for her. Um, and Candace is right back in her bag, so. I'm really, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking. I like the, I like the sky, man, and I like Kalia. I think she's a, a rising star in the league. This is just Loaded. a testament, a testament to Rutgers women's basketball. See Vivian Stringer, uh, Chris. I mean, she is, she's, she's a genius. She is the genius. She is just, she is, she, she's unreal. And I've had the pleasure of covering her, of interviewing her before. She is, she is fantastic. And she, she's, she, she knows what she's doing. She's been around the game for 50 years as a coach, 25 or 26 years with Rutgers alone, has gotten them to Final Four appearances, has made them well known, has produced players like the ones you mentioned, like um, uh, Aurela Garantes, the most recent star. For Rutgers, even though Diamond Johnson left and transferred, she she, she she was able to get Diamond Johnson here for a year. Someone who was a six-top player in uh, high school at the time balled out her freshman year at Rutgers. Sadly, she transferred to, to uh, NC State. But the ability for C. Vivian Strugger season after season, timeline after timeline, to bring in great players, to bring in new players, time in and time out, and eventually get them to the NBA, to the professional level, just says a lot about her as a person, her as a coach, and her ability to truly just transform players. And really, kudos to Ariel Duncan for giving us this piece of information to begin with, to get this uh, talk going, to get this final few minutes going discussion about this. It's really, it's really powerful, and it's really amazing how Rutgers women's basketball has uh, really produced so many star, star players. Arella Garantes, my expectation, the next Rutgers WNBA star to come from the women's basketball program Agreed. here on the banks. So she's going to be something that someone C. Vivian Stringer also produced. But when you look at all these Rutgers alum playing in the WNBA, making a name for themselves, and having the legacy of C. Vivian Stringer impact their play at the professional level just tells you all about what Rutgers women's basketball is about – 
and how most of the time, and really really a lot of the time, it gets really undershaded. It should be talked about much more, and see Vivian Stringer's production and, and her ability to create such generational players time after time again and again should be really testament, uh, 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 tested and really should be talked about more than it really is. Definitely, definitely. Definitely. She is a Hall of Famer, though. She's in the basketball Hall of With Famer. Michael Jordan in 2009. Yeah. And Jerry right. Sloan. Yeah. Great class. She is. Really good class. Yeah. And, I mean, um, I was kind of bummed that Arel didn't get drafted by the Liberty. I wanted to see her in the backcourt with Ionescu. I mean, Same. how fun that would have been. Insane. That would have been beautiful. I think Sparks I mean, is a good spot for it, though, man. They got a lot of, lot of rising stars. I don't know if you guys are keeping up. She's over in uh, Ukraine now for the uh, – Arella's? Yeah, Arella's over in Ukraine. She signed a deal with, with Ukraine. She just dropped 20, I think 27 in her first game. So she's, oh, balling, nice. she's balling out. Killing over. Shout out to Arella. That's the homie. She, she is such an exciting player to cover, and we've had the pleasure of covering her here at Rutgers. I mean, she is just, she's she's a great player. She's someone who's just a class act, and really, Steven Stringer creates great players on the court. She also creates class acts off the court at It's the that work time. ethic, man. And anybody, and any of the players, you ask them about this schedule uh, mostly mostly the, the practice schedule they'd rather play in games than go to practice with because with, with, vivian stringer runs crazy practices god bless but that's what gets them elite that's yeah. how they do she it pushes them, them to the next level that's man. how she rolls to get elite you gotta get yeah, you gotta she be pushes and she gets the results man you can see that and the track record of Rutgers elite uh women's basketball talent it's endless man endless and let's not forget this year too i'm calling it lead eight to Final Four of Rutgers wow. basketball. All That's right. a bold prediction. That is bold. I'm telling you, my boys, right. my boys, Gio, my boys, Miles, my boys, Caleb, Caleb, and everyone on the team. I feel it. Oh, you talking to men's? Okay. Yeah, I men's. I'm talking about men's. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, I'm talking about men's. Nah, women's, nah, women's. Hey, women's. I. They'll make it. I, they'll make yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely see they'll a nice it. run. I've, I've got, got a lot of talented players. Both of us, both teams are definitely go, we're making a run this year. Men's basketball in the lead eight, though. I, I promise they you. They hit the going, transfer portal. I hope you're Rutgers, right. Rutgers, women's, or men's is going to be something. Ron and Gio, last, pretty much last season, back together. They yes. came back for a reason. Maybe. That's something, too. They're, Ron, they're, Ron they're, there's a lot of destiny in this team, yep, a, a yep. lot of destiny for those two players specifically. I was going to say, I mean, I got a chance to talk to Gio, Ron, Caleb, all at Media Day. Also, you know, Osh Brown and uh, Leisha Petri, two transfers who did really good stuff at uh, Ball State and, uh, um, you know, Bradley. And now they're both, you know, coming in. Rutgers women's basketball really hitting the portal hard. I think it's going to pay dividends for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. So. Especially after losing such a key player like Diamond Johnson, Arella, of course, yeah. moving on. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had, they had a lot of holes yeah, yeah. to plug, but I think they plugged well, them pretty well. I, I promise you, yeah, they're, they're recruiting no, this absolutely. year they're very well. They did that it. is the stroke of genius by C. Vivian Stringer. It's year in and year man. out. The transfer portal was crazy this year, and crazy. they tapped in. Yo, definitely. They said, we're not, we're not folding this year. We're giving to it. Yeah. Always a party. Yeah, always a party. I mean, uh, it gets pretty loud here at times in the Tuesday crew, but we have a lot of fun together. So, Boss, boss, it's always a blast with you and the entire Tuesday crew. I always have yeah, fun. I love, I love I coming love. in here every time. First I, assignment I, I for you is to get you. We're going yeah, we to get you Kanye Yeah, we're going to get you to Kanye and Drake. No, no, we're going to go in production. We're going to be – I'm running through the whole Yeah, you going back to your apartment today. I'm putting on all the lights. I'm putting on all the lights. Okay, at least you know something. At least you know something. It's the glory days. Okay. Exactly. You're listening. Right. We're putting you on a Drake and He's Kanye. definitely reading that off his Wikipedia page. No. All right. It's the life of Pablo. All right, guys. Oh, we got to get out. We got to get out. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, Bye. we got to get out. 
Dante Antendola in the groove coming up next. This is WRCU-FM New Brunswick.